Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, a very warm welcome to the Grand Slam Daily. What would you expect for a big tournament? Of course, we're going to do daily podcasts, even if we can't be in Coventry ourselves. We are in across the country. In fact, actually, I'm actually 20 minutes down the road from Coventry and we still can't get in, unfortunately, as it is. But we are still going to be here giving you a roundup of a very busy day, as it always is. Uh, the first two days of the Grand Slam are mental. Jonathan and Jack Gobby Garwood. And Phil Bars alongside you to talk it through here on the Boyle Sports Grand Slam of Darts Daily. Gentlemen, um, a very nearly good morning, it feels like, as we're recording this uh, very close to midnight on the Monday. Uh, Gob, we'll start with you. Um, it wasn't a shocking day, but towards the end, we nearly, well, we certainly got one upset and we nearly got one humongous upset. Yeah, there wasn't many. I mean, the way the draw panned out, there, there was going to be close games and, and tight encounters and 50-50s all the way. But it wasn't a day for massive shocks on the card and big I don't know, accumulator busters, as I like to call them. But it was mm. plenty of drama nonetheless. Certainly was. Uh, Phil, you've been on it all day for us, obviously, doing interviews and the like. Um, it's been a busy day for you. It's been a busy day for us on YouTube. All 16 interviews are out on YouTube right now, or f- uh, 15, obviously. Uh, we haven't got Gary, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but uh, all 15 interviews are out there on YouTube. Obviously, we're not playing them here on the podcast tonight. But again, it was a, it was a weird one of just how mixed the day was of some really good quality games, some really good performances, and then a little bit of dross in between. It was it was all what you'd want, really, from a day of darts. Yeah, just your normal standard PDC tournament. Some absolute monstrous highs, some low lows, some drama, some needles, some mates, you name it. We, we, we saw it standard day at the office, I'd call it. 
Very much But so, normally but... it takes us an entire week to get all that, not the first bloody day. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong, to be fair. Uh, with the, the way problem that is, have going. they peaked too soon? <laughs> well, that's that's a very good point, actually. Let's hope not. Let's talk about that now, actually. Let's start with... Uh, do you know what? We'll start with the only real upset of the day, and that's in Group E, where that group gob is wide open. Dirk van Dijvenboda beating the world champion, Peter Wright. Many people's third favourite coming into this tournament. People thinking back off the back of the European Championships. You and I both picked him to win this tournament. If he's going to do it, he's going to do it the bloody hard way. Yeah, but I suppose that's what this tournament allows, doesn't it? It gives you a chance to to slow start, to work your way in. Um, the advantage for Snakey is that he only lost 5-4, right? And if it's going to come down to leg difference, if you're going to sneak through, staying close when you're not playing well is key. And it's how he responds tomorrow. He's the world champion. He's lost games before. Let's not pretend he's never lost a dark game before. Um he looked a bit sluggish and, and Dirk made the most of it. But Dirk is really turning into a fine, fine dart player right now. He certainly is. The thing is that you wouldn't have thought that at the start of 2020 because he just won back his tour card, I believe. Memory says me correctly, didn't he, at the start of the year. And you just think, where, where did this come from? Because a couple of years ago on the tour, he was pretty much languishing down the, down the bottom. Why do you think he went to Q school, for crying out loud? And then... You just look at it and go, how has this happened? Because this year he has just been superb. Semi-finals in the pro tour, in the Euro Tour, smashing it on the Pro Tour as well. World Grand Prix finalist. The man's going places. Is the Dorber genius? He is, and the first it's it's amazing actually. The first place I met him was Coventry at a development tour. Uh, way before I even started playing, I popped along uh, as a as another thing and. He wasn't really picking up titles or anything then. Like when the boys that have come through the ranks, the ones that are doing bits seem to have had this late spurt. All right, they, they've done well at that event and, uh, and that tour, but they're picking up something else once they go to the pros. And Dirk looked good start of the year, dropped off a bit right before the pandemic sort of hit. Uh, but I, I just wasn't expecting this recovery. And even after the Grand Prix, we've been talking quite a bit about it whether he could back it up and he's proven that he can certainly certainly is uh quick one a quick word on uh the other game in that group uh, which is Devin Peterson top the group uh, a relatively comfortable performance in the end against Ian White who apart from the first leg uh, didn't well apart from the first leg the African Warrior didn't really look in trouble I would say no just one on? thing though going just one thing that obviously goes hand in hand with these two games we're talking about Peter Wright. He's lost games before, but the likelihood is he's not. He's never been in this much danger because he's probably going to have to beat Devin Peterson in the last game to go through. Yeah, he's not wrong. Danger. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But God, like you say, quickly on on Dev, um, a really good performance from Dev, really, and he should. You'd think he should be making it two out of two tomorrow, but again, against a man who looks like he's in form in Dirk. Yeah, be a good scrap. Devon's scoring has just gone to a completely different level right now. Um, The way that he he turned the match around, if you like, right, his double percentage wasn't great throughout, but there was three or four legs in a row where he left the finish after nine darts. That's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. That's the first nine average of ridiculous standards. Very, very good standard. That Indeed. makes you difficult to beat, even if you're poor on the outer ring. 
you're going to get darts at double when you're scoring that well. So Dev can afford to switch off. Yeah, certainly could. Moments. Yep, absolutely right. But he is the leader at the moment in the clubhouse in Group E. Moving on, Phil Bars to Group G. And we almost had an even bigger story tonight. And that was the fact that Bakura Suzuki missed four batch starts to beat the two-time back-to-back Grand Slam champion, Gerwin Price. Uh, where do we start with this? Uh, just brilliant stuff, really, from Bakuru uh, after the first leg, where she, I think she settled a bit more. That one three five is utter sex, and I won't hear anybody tell me otherwise. The one one six as well, PB. That was just magical stuff from Bakuru, but she just let herself down towards the end, and we could have been having a real big discussion about whether Gavin Price could be getting out of that group. Oh, 100%. Look, the turning point was leg two, when Ge- Gezi should have been tuning it up. He completely fluffed his lines, and from that moment, he was embroiled in an absolute dogfight. And yes, McCurry's finishing was outstanding. But at some point, you need a little bit of luck. I just look back. Is that the only opportunity that Price might give the field? Because he was way below scoring, finishing, you name it. It was one of the worst performances we've seen of him. Now, every champion that you speak to says at some point, you're throwing a dud runner, you'll need a little bit of luck. Has he offered the field that on opening night and it's not been taken? Go very quickly before we we go back to uh, the other gaming group, G. Do you think? Do you think he's given that himself that opportunity there? Do you think that the field have now got that opportunity? Um, possibly. I mean, his performance lacked intensity, didn't it? But let's, oh let's God, not yeah, be coy about it. Compared to what we see from Gezi normally, I don't think he'll give you those three or four legs where he just switched off completely, wasn't firing. Um, but it was a good recovery nonetheless. I just Makuru's very quickly becoming the nearly woman, isn't she? Yes, she was very, yes. very nearly the woman to do it at the World Championships against James Richardson. She was very, very nearly the woman to beat Gezi Price this time out. And I'm going to say it, I'm going to be hypercritical. She was superb on double 18 all night. And when it came down to the match start, she went for tops instead. She could have gone 14 double 18. And I think she would have been far more comfortable, not only with the single attempt at it, but when she inevitably returned for it as well three in hand at double 18, I think she's far more comfortable with than she is double 20. Interesting. Interesting indeed. We will be talking about that, I'm sure, for many a moon to come. PB, really quickly, uh, Johnny Clay against Ryan Joyce, really good scrap between those two. Really enjoyed the game. I thought both played some really good stuff as well. And it was a proper game of darts. Two players that just went up there, got on with it. There was no gamesmanship, needle, animosity. It was just two players that were thoroughly enjoying the game they were playing in. And sometimes it just shows you how important winning that ball backstage is. Because if it had been rolls reverse, Ryan Joyce probably would have won the game 5-4. Yeah, don't disagree. <laughs> don't disagree whatsoever. Um, really good game, though. Really good scrap. Gerwin Price and Johnny Clayton, of course, meet tomorrow. The two World Cup uh, teammates, right? Uh, PB, we will stay with you because you your tweet caused a bit of a bit of angst on social media. I think it's right in saying uh, that Michael Van Gerwen obviously producing one of the best averages of the day. We will come on to the best average of the day actually in just a bit. But 
Marco Van Gogh in five, Adam Hunt nil. The only real opportunity that Hunt got was in the second leg uh, when he missed a dart at Tots for the leg. But Van Gogh didn't really look back. It was a 5-0 win. 105.9 average as well for MPG, which was outstanding from him. Your tweet caused a bit of uh, angst on social media, PB. You're not suggesting that he's back. You're suggesting that there are signs there that he could be starting to come out of this slump, this relative slump. I was- I was about to say, everyone jumping on their high horse. Did I ever mention the words in my tweet, he's back? He's back. <laughs> did, did, were those words ever mentioned? I didn't see them, no, personally. No. The, the, the point that I was making is in the World Cup, right? He, I think he went, was it 14 games without having a ton average on TV? I during think it was the... about that. Now, at the World Cup, we saw back-to-back ton averages. Then the back went against Germany. I can forgive him that one. So we had back-to-back ton averages at the World Cup. We then saw ton-plus averages on the Winter Series, lost with 102 against Adrian Lewis. And then tonight, he goes and wins with 105.83. My memory certainly right something around that anyway. But it was more the manner. The darts were sat up to attention like they used to. The combination finishes were going tonight. The the 70s, the 86s, the ones that he used to punish people with were, were going. There was a fire. There was an intensity tonight. That's what I'm getting at, that there were huge, huge signs that he's put a lot of work in. He spoke about it in an interview afterwards about his throw. It felt The throw felt the best it's felt. And that was my point, that I told everyone it wouldn't last, these substandard 90 averages. And tonight, he sent out a warning to the rest of the field saying, OK, I'm not 100% back yet, but however, I'm not far away. Gob, very, very quickly, your thoughts on the green machine? Um, I mean, he has looked better over the last couple of weeks, can't deny that. The injury is... <sighs> Is he better now, Phil? Is that completely gone? Is it going to go again? No, he said he's had treatment. He's always had a back problem. If you go back to Guinness, the UK Open because of it a few years ago, um, it, it's always been there. Um, he has regular treatment on it. It's just one of those things. Um, and it just went at an unfortunate time. But he's, he's had physio. He says he feels great. There's no issue. So we'll, we'll take him as that. Yeah. I mean, he needs to win a big one for me. He, he needs probably this just to let everybody else know that he is still who he is. Because if he keeps letting majors slip by, you just give everybody else the confidence and the belief that you're not what you were before. And once you are on that decline, it's very, very difficult to get yourselves back up. Here's one for you, though, Gob. For the rest of, for the, rest of the field, if he goes and wins this... What message does that send before the World Championships? Oh, it's massive. That, it, it's absolutely that massive. Lot, that you lot have had all year to beat me. Still here. Mm-hmm. It, it would be massive and it would be, it'll be the most Michael thing we've seen. And I, I, I'm going to say, I think he needs it. If he is going to go on to win the World Championships this year and get his title back and then have a crack at defending it for the first time because we all know that's his next aim. It's to win it and defend it. He has to win this for me. I, the players may be, but I just think 
the quality in this field, the longer format, the mind games, and all the week long. Like it, it's more, it's more similar to the worlds than it is to the players. And yeah, I mean. I don't really know where I'm going with this anymore. Well, let's bail out of it really quickly. Uh, because uh, let's be honest about it, right? MVG does need uh, a major. Hashtag what is a major. Um, but like we say, we four titles for him this season. And we, that, for most people, that would be quite satisfactory. But we all know for Michael Van Gogh, and he definitely isn't. Um, Gob, though, a good performance again, though, against Gabriel Clements. That'll be a fantastic match tomorrow between himself and Michael Van Gogh. Really good game against uh, Joe Cullen, uh, where the finishing was superb from the German giant. Yeah, I thought he looked very, very good at the World Cup. I thought, apart from the game where they lost, that's my favourite phrase at the minute, can you tell? He looked great until he lost. <laughs> he looked really great until he was on the flight on the way home. <laughs> I have to say, they've, uh, they've been, they've been uh, going to the Dave Chisnell school of darts at this moment in time. Yeah. No, but he, he's growing in confidence. He's growing in stature. He's still relatively new to his PDC career. Um, this is where he needs to start backing it up. Like, to to beat a player in Joe Collins' form is, is a good result. Does he have the tenacity about him to now go and stick one on Michael tomorrow? Mm-hmm. That'll be one hell of a game, I think. Uh, PB, we move on to you and we'll move on to Group H, if I may. And we will move on to the man who has hit the highest record average of the Grand Slammer darts in history. The man who hit the last nine data in Grand Slam history and almost bloody did it again today, Dimitri Vandenberg. 114.85 average. And if he'd have managed to actually hit tops a bit sooner, he probably could have had averaged over 120 the way he was going. Ricky Evans, bless him, Played well, he just had no answer whatsoever, PB. Where the hell did this come from? <laughs> because over the last month, we have seen no sign of that Dimitri Vandenberg. None mm-hmm. whatsoever. And then he went and produced absolute fireworks. And was it a coincidence that he just got on and played darts tonight? I thought his rhythm looked better tonight. And just his, his all-round demeanour on stage, I thought, looked so much better. More like Dimitri, we all know. Gob? I agree. I agree. And there's a lot of talk of whether or not Kim Hybrex has given him a little bit of a kick up the backside after their, their run at the World Cup. Um, and I'd like to think it's true. Kim's got plenty of experience he's been in the Premier League and whatever right he never won the, the title that, that Dimi has but I just think that Dimi started to overthink things a little bit and he just needs to get back to just throwing darts look how much quicker those first two darts went in for the one four four. how quickly that second dart followed it there was no stepping back for 10 minutes blowing on his fingers and all that sort of stuff don't get me wrong that in a small margin is, is good, okay? Sometimes you do need to recenter yourself and everything, but the frequency that he was doing it, it was just destroying his rhythm so much. And if he gets up, enjoys being on the stage, we've seen what he can do. He's the match play champion. 
well, let's hear from the match play champion right now because he has won our performance of the day on Twitter. Not a surprise, really, with averaging 114.8 and nearly hitting a nine data. Thaban with the highest average in the history of the Grand Slam of darts for one game at least. Anyway, it is Dimitri van der Berg, and here he is in his press conference. Dimitri, congratulations. Is that the perfect afternoon of darts for yourself up on that stage at the Rico Arena? To be fair, it's a completely turnaround afternoon of darts. Uh, I was preparing myself. Uh, it wasn't going well. I was um, honestly nagging at myself. I wasn't happy with the way my practice was going. Um, doubting a lot, but yeah, I don't. I don't know what changed around. Uh, I did had a few words with uh, Rob Cross. He was like encouraging me, giving like, go up there, Dimi, and as soon as you're up there, just do a little bit of yourself and. You know, it might happen. You can play. I've played you so many times and I've always got like just about true. And you're class, he says. Uh, obviously, my manager, he believes uh, a lot in me, my girlfriend, my family. Um, unbelievable. And then you have this already, like all of a sudden, a tournament record average, something I didn't even expect it. I just wanted to win. And I think that's what I had to do. And all the chances that I got, I had to take him because it could have been a total different score. As you say, tournament record average, wired the, the nine data. But in terms of the actual Grand Slam itself, leg difference in two points is huge, isn't it, in this group? Um, I do know. A few years ago, I played the Grand Slam of darts and um, I had to play the nine dart shootouts. So I've already been one of them victims when it comes to the group stages that you have to play a nine dart shootout. I remember that I scored 340 points in nine darts and I still didn't manage to came through in that group. So I already know what the outcome is if it comes that far. But now I've just got to focus on to the next day, to the next game. And, oh, guys, you have no idea how happy I am to get through this game. Well, maybe this is the first time ever I managed to win my first game in the, the Grand Slam uh, group stage. <laughs> can't remember, but I might, I might is. <laughs> <laughs> have you had time to reflect on, obviously, the last week or so from the World Cup straight to the Winter Series to hear... Because um, you didn't play particularly well for your standards at the World Cup, but today was completely different. What what's flicked that switch? Do you think? Uh, I don't know. I think when it comes to the floor tournaments, I just reckon I still am battling with a lot of doubts. I know I've managed to win one of the greatest tournaments, but I'm I'm still a human being. Uh, I give a hundred percent, and to be honest, when I came back from uh, the World Cup of Darts. I really played a strong first game, like first day. 111 against Daryl Gurney, never beaten him before. And all of a sudden, I play 111 average. And I do know from, from facts that during the five days, that's one of the 10 highest uh, averages. So I know I can play and I know I can perform. It's just, I'm, I'm still learning. I know people can say I'm developed. I know people can say right now I'm a world match play champion. But I'm still learning. I'm only 26 years old and, well, I'm not a machine. I'm still a human being. Talking of that match play win, does that give you the confidence that you can go on and win the Grand Slam as well now? Of course I have the confidence that I can win tournaments. But even though today in the way I've started my practice, I didn't feel comfortable at all. And then at the end, I managed to play this game just out of nothing. It shocks me. It surprised me. But on the other side, I reckon that it shows that all of the hard work that I put in get paid off. And that's what comes out uh, at some point. And, well, that's what happened right here, right now. So, yeah, 
onto the next round, onto the next game and come to the group stages and it's a knockout stage. And I know I've done that before. I know I can, even though it's a long game. So round by round, focus on zero, expect nothing and believe in myself. Dimitri, pleasure as always, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you. Dimitri, many congratulations. Um, not many players beat records set by Phil Taylor. I mean, how does that make you feel? I was completely surprised. It's something I didn't even thought of. I just wanted to be up there and well, go up there and come off as a winner. And that's what happened. But on the other side, I do feel and believe that if I didn't finish my shots the way I finished them, if I didn't finish my legs off like that, that it might be a completely different score. There have been a few question marks over your form coming into this, but do you feel this performance could be the turning point for you now to, to get back to the form that led you to, to win the world match play? I know I have the form in me, but if you look to the games that I played at the World uh, Match Play, I was very consistent and uh, I could handle any big shot against me or any 180 against me. Um, I don't really know if it's going to be the same way, but what I do know is today, when it had to happen, it happened. And if I can continue this way, I reckon I'm going to be very difficult to beat because, well, I've got told it's a record average and you don't easily play a record average. We saw during the World Cup, um, I think it was after the Latvia game, Kim was quite firm with you. Did he give you sort of any advice after, after that off camera? <laughs> now that you're talking about Kim, today is the 16th of November and you know what? It's his birthday. So this morning I wished him a happy birthday and he replied back with like, you know what, if you want to give me a happy birthday, make sure you win your game today. I reckon I've done a good job now. <laughs> I almost even had a nine daughter on his birthday. So yeah, I'm, I'm positive. I'm happy. And for Kim, he definitely speaks with me all the time. Um, he wants to be a major winner as well. I know that he's always given a hundred percent. I know it's not always easy, but you know what? He played the Winter Series and ended it on a, on a big and he, he got to the semi-finals. And to be fair, he worked hard and I know what he's been doing. We talk a lot. So he deserved to get to uh, one of the later stages in uh, the tournament. So hopefully from now on he can build up and uh, you'll see more from Kim as well. That's a perfect uh, birthday present for Kim there. I guess the big question after a performance like that now is, can you back it up? I want to. That's for sure. I 100% want to. But every day is a different day. Like I said earlier, I'm not a machine. I'm still a human being. So, um, yeah, next day is going to be, if I'm reckoned, if I'm correct, tomorrow, I'll be on the board practicing, putting my hours in before I have to play the game on stage. Uh, I reckon I have to play Nathan Esmail because he's also a winner in uh, the group stage. And then you'll just, yeah, see what happens. I know I can beat him. He knows he can beat me. So it's going to be a tough game. Okay, thanks, Demi. Many congratulations on a brilliant performance. Thank you. Thank you very much. Despite all that, though, he is not top of the group, uh, Gob, because Nathan Aspinall produced the second whitewash of the day against Wayne Warren. Now, I'm not going to be sitting here smugly, but yes, I bloody am. You two <laughs> muppets going with Wayne Warren over Dimitri Vandenberg. I obviously knew that he'd hit the highest average of the, of the uh, Grand Slam ever as my nose decides to grow. Uh, but in all seriousness, look, we just haven't seen Wayne uh, play and he just didn't look great against a man of Nathan Aspinall's quality, to be fair. No, he didn't. But our, th our, th our thinking was the same, that we all thought Nathan Aspinall would win the group. 
But after, like we've just spoke about, the Dimitri we'd seen over the last month, I had no confidence that he was going to go and do that today. Same. Go on, Gob. You're turning the witness box. I'm exactly the same, mate. Like, the, the performances we've seen from Dimitri since he went on to win the world match play have been nothing short of uninspiring. It wasn't great at the World Cup. In fact, I'd say it was poor at the World Cup, especially his finishing. That was dreadful to be nice. We, he's not the best floor player. We already know this. So there's been no sign or sense that this form was coming, especially as we keep going on about the leg brace. We don't know how painful and how much that's affecting his game and his ability to practice and keep the form up from the match play. So wasn't expecting that from Dimitri at all. Whether or not that same Dimitri will turn up again tomorrow is a completely different matter, obviously. Mm. Um, and to be honest, just expected more of Wayne Warren. But the lack of competitive darts coming from the former code of competition is probably done for him a bit. We, we thought he'd be in a little bit better form and, and carried himself through lockdown and not being the biggest practicer might have helped out, but clearly we were wrong. Shame. Uh, right, uh, moving on, and uh, <laughs> no, it is a shame, really, because we do want to see uh, we do want to see Wayne play well. You know, the other day he's had a, a tough year um, with with the prize money being cut and not being able to go out and, and be do exhibitions as world champion. And it's a shame, but it's a big step for him tomorrow when he plays Ricky Evans uh, in the afternoon. That's the first game on. What a surprise that is. Uh, moving on uh, to Group B. And this is probably the biggest talking point of the day. Not because of the fact that Gary Anderson actually beat Adam Gavlas uh, 5-3 gob. Um, but he did it. And then he had one of the strangest TV interviews I've ever seen. That's been now being deleted <laughs> from the Twitter feed by Sky as well. Just when we thought the Belgians were going to win the strangest darts interview of the year. <laughs> yeah. Where the hell? What we, I, mean, I mean, look, Gary, by the way, is playing with horrendous problems with his knee. That's the kickoff. Um, but look, he comes through 5-3. Not, not much to talk about really in that game. Gavlas missing a chance to, uh, to, to, to basically take the game. Um, when he was two one up, but he just didn't look. He just didn't look happy at the end of it. And like I say, it was posted on the Sky's Twitter feed, and now it's not there anymore. Yeah, look, I just think it's a combination of factors. There's a lot of tension about at the minute, anyway. Obviously, with the way that rules are changing, there's no fans there, and and all the different rules and restrictions that the darts has had to embrace in order co- to continue. Um, clearly frustrated with his performance, whether that's injury-related or, or, or not. Um, I know firsthand that Adam can be quite a frustrating opponent. <laughs> not that I've got the game to contend with him, but step behind him, the rhythm, the pace. The... You learn little things, right, when you play darts and you know how to do things that aren't against the rules that may or may not exist. Do you know what I mean? And if dart, are you talk about the dart art? Maybe some dart arts, yes. And if, <laughs> if Gary says that they're... The thing with the dart arts is that nine times out of ten, you only notice them when you're playing badly, when you're looking for an excuse. If Gary's throwing 105 average, like the Gary of two, three years ago, doesn't notice them. He'd have laughed it off, gone, ha-ha, look what he tried, didn't get away with it. Okay, but Adam, I don't know how to say this, but I think Adam needs to be careful. 
And I think somebody in his, his management or stable or someone around him just needs to have a quiet word of him and saying, this is two TV, an event, two TV events in a row now where either a player or an official or it's been noticed that you're doing these things behind people. Don't make that reputation for yourself as an 18-year-old with bags and bags of potential for the future. The other thing, though, with that is, is players know that it grates Gary's buttons. Oh, yeah. Gary's the most vocal of opposition when anything goes on as well. They they know it will get under Gary's skin. Like we say, look, it's professional sport. Dark arts will happen. It happens in every sport. There's There's a fine line between cheating and gamesmanship. It's certain people where the line is, is debatable. Certain people have got more tolerance and others haven't. So Gary's always going to get it because people know it massively winds him up. But going back to Gary on the, the, the injury front, this is just on obviously what we saw on stage tonight. And if all the reports are led to be believed, it's a problem with his knee cartilage. There's only one thing that will sort that out. And with the world's four weeks away, for me, he's got a big decision to make. Well, do you think he'll pull out the rest of this tournament or do you think that he'll try and play through it and then maybe go and miss the players? I, my suggestion would probably be that, look, you probably can't get an appointment tomorrow, but you could probably, if we've got private healthcare, you could probably get a, an operation Thursday or Friday. So... Mm-hmm. For me, go and get it done ASAP, sacrifice the players and be fit for the world. Because what we saw on stage tonight, you can't go into a world championship not being able to walk. He was hobbling all over the place. Well, the last time we did that though, mate, he made a world world championship semi-final when he couldn't walk because of his back two years ago, frankly enough. Yeah, I, I think he needs to get it sorted sooner rather than later, personally. Well, at the moment, he's playing Simon Whitlock tomorrow in Group B. And PB, you interviewed him, and he's playing with a freedom that I didn't even think thought existed for Whitlock anymore. No, I think Whitlock's been one of the best players since Darts has resumed. Oh, yeah. Totally agree with you. Um, so, look, tomorrow, based on what we've seen today, Simon Whitlock wins that comfortably. Yeah. Let's be fair, Gaulas should have won today. Gary Anderson was there for the taking today. Adam Gaulas will not get a better opportunity to beat Gary Anderson on the TV than what he had today. And he fluffed his lines. Certainly going to be interesting. But of course, Simon Whitlock coming through 5-3 as well uh, against Ryan Sell. Really good game between the two there. PB will stay with you because Michael Smith, the man who finished top of the Winter Series Order of Merit, uh, took on Lisa Ashton and won this one quite comfortably, really. Uh, 102.5 average for Buddy Boy. Um, this is really good. I, I, you know, I thought the second leg was to get a 11 dart break of throw was very, very good in particular, but just a comfortable night at the office for, for, the, uh, for the man from St. Helens. Look, I thought Bully Boy looked really calm, really controlled, in charge of all his emotions, and you could see that he's brimming with confidence. What that winter series has done for him is remarkable. The throw looks silk. Again, it looks effortless. He said in his interview he's not pulling darts anymore. Tops 
has become his friend again. It's going in the middle of the bed. Just amazing what a win can do for any sportsman. And I think that's been proven again this evening. Of your thoughts on Buddy Boy and also your thoughts on what I thought was the game of the day, really, between Jose de Sousa and Christopher Tyski. Really good game between the pair. Yeah, can't argue with, with Bully Boy. That, like we said, confidence is, is massive in any sport, but especially in darts, which we've seen it over the years. The one worry you've got is that when Bully Boy tells us his doubles are going well, they tend to not go so well the next time we see him. So just <laughs> let's just hope that he's, that confidence has found a new level of consistency. Um, the other game, superb, and let's be honest, it, it was always going to be superb between these two. They're, they're two of the stars of darts in 2020, in my opinion. I think the rankings are a little bit faux pas, if you like, and it doesn't quite reflect just how good these two have been. Um, arguably, they're both top 10 players this year that they've genuinely been that good. Um, Did you do that on purpose because you knew where we were going on next? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Um, tee that up right. nicely. Right, um, let's do it. Let's do it. You know, we, we've <laughs> got to talk about this. We, we, we've dodged the question enough. Okay. Uh, for those of you who don't know, here's a clip from James Wade that we put out earlier on today uh, after his win against Damon Hetter. I'll still go back to back to my, my original comment a few weeks ago, which is that upset lots of the top 10 players, which is quite funny. Um, I don't mean it as a direct insult to them, but I think the top 10 is very weak at the moment, you know. Um, and I can say that with confidence because the top 10 players, they've all won something. They've all been magical at some time or another. Um, in fact, I'm not going to say his name, but one of them come up to me and said, why are you saying negatives about the top 10? It's not negatives about the top 10. It's just reality. You know, you know, it's not as strong as it was. Um, take it or leave it. Um, I've been there and done it many times. I've been, I've been in the top 10. I've been outside the top 10 recently. It's very cold down there. Um, I, I don't think that the top 10 players are as strong as they were. Um, and I think players under that ranking uh, order of merit have become much stronger. Now, this is interesting. I mean, first of all, I'm going to say this. I did not see this win over Damon Hetter coming. I'll be brutally honest now. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure, in a moment. Uh, Gob, uh, your man, once again, kept throwing the cat amongst the proverbial pigeons here in the world of darts. Um, do you know, is he trying to get... He's obviously trying to play the mind games. We all know that. That's what he's trying to do at the same time. But do you think he's got a point? Because you talked about Christopher Tyson and Jose de Sousa just then. Do you think he's got a point? I do. And I think this is, this is where we need to be careful when we say, when we talk about the standard of darts, right? There are different levels and tiers to the standard of darts. The top three in the world are arguably as good as the top three as we've ever had, even when Phil Taylor was dominating the performances they're able to put in and the way they're picking things up. But if you look at, the top 10 or top 11 right now, just to prove my point, right? Within mm. that top 11 right now is Rob Cross, Dave Chisnell, Daryl Gurney, Ian White, and Dimitri Vandenberg. Okay, Dimitri's there because he won the uh, match play. And admittedly, I compiled this list before he went on to break the world, the record average at this tournament. Okay, mm. but... If I put those five up against a five-man team of Christopher Tarski, Devin Peterson, Joe Cullen, 
Glenn Doran and Jose D'Souza, who are all outside the top ten. Which team are you picking? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not debating that. <laughs> I'm not debating that. You know, I'm, just debating, think... I'm, deba- I'm debating the ones that. Are, <laughs> sorry, I'm taking the ones outside the top ten at this moment in time. Yeah, and all right, part of that is a form issue, but I think generally part of that is an ability issue, and how long it takes on a two-year ranking for these guys to suddenly climb. So, to an extent, I agree with James. I just. There are players in the top 10 who are clinging on because of good performances two months or 18 years ago. And I think that's more what he's getting at. Overall, the standard of the 128 is a lot better. I think the challenges to the top three is lacking somewhat at the minute. Okay, in the, five years ago, fit Gary Anderson, Phil Taylor, MVG in his prime, Peter Wright on the climb. Gurney was competing. Mentor Sulevic was a different player. Um, even the B word. I'm going to say the B word on a daily. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, he wasn't picking up titles. Don't get me wrong. He wasn't picking up titles. He wasn't picking up titles, but you still had him in the last eight, the last four of events, and he was still a threat for a big performance. Not these guys out. Adrian Lewis five years ago. I can't believe I missed him for Christ's sake. And James Wade. James Wade, I think, was a better player five years ago. The quality I've just listed compared to the top 10-11 right now is ridiculous. And I think that's where everybody needs to take a step back, have a look at it and go, actually, maybe they're right. PB, are are we giving Wadey, not necessarily a pass, but are we giving Wadey some credit to the point there maybe as well? I think he's got a massive point. If I'm being honest, like 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 you talk about the, the the top ten at the moment, and I don't mean I. We keep saying it. We don't mean this disrespectfully, but Rob Cross, fifth in the world, hanging on by the skin of his teeth, no form. Nathan Aspinall, when he's on, amazing, but not played well since lockdown. On t- obviously, he he's openly said tonight he needs the crowd. Chisnell. <sighs> Again, we'll play well one minute and we'll burn the next. We, it's just, we, we, we talk about it all the time. Like in, Gob said, I think the overall standard underneath has massively risen. Massively. But I'll tell you what, you think right now, sorry to interrupt, you think now about Rob Cross, okay? Uh, and we'll talk about him in a second. But you think about this. He's got to, uh, next year, he's got to defend, or this year, he's got to defend a fourth round at the World Championships. Next year, he's got to defend a UK Open final, a world match play win, a European Championship win. That is a lot of money that will come off his ranking. It's the same way with Nathan Aspinall. He's got to defend a UK Open, he's got to defend two back to back World Championship semi finals, the first one this year. It's tough. It's tough to stay competitive. You know, Dimi. Dimi will obviously have to defend the match play in two years' time. But in order to do that, you've got to pick up money in these big events in order to get up there. That's just how this game works. Now, I'm of the opinion that I think that Dart has never been more competitive. But I don't know whether that competitiveness has meant that the ceiling has dropped so far that we don't get to that stage of where we were back in 2015-16 where MVG was just breaking records for fun, where we had Wright, where we had a, a, a still fit filled and firing Phil Taylor. Do you know what I mean? I don't know whether the fact that that's happened has meant that the standard has now 
dropped a little bit because the floor has come up. Does that make sense? And that sounds yeah, no, ridiculous. I, no, I, I know exactly, exactly what you mean. And like you said, I think we've never been in a more competitive era. But I, I, can't, I, I do agree with James that right now, is the top 10 as good as what it was five years ago? I have to agree. I don't think it is, if I'm being honest. And I, f- I can't believe I'm saying that. But no, you know what I mean? I, 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 actually, <laughs> do, I actually do agree with him. But I don't think the top 10, it's, it might be more competitive now, but is the standard as good for me? No, I don't think it is. Well, I'll tell you what, right? One person who is just outside the top 10 is Glenn Durrant. And he did not look like the Glenn Durrant that won the Premier League. He, 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 to my opinion, Phoebe, he still looks like a man who is still very, very ill, if you want me to be brutally honest. He looks like he's yeah. still recovering. Yeah, look, yeah, I 100% agree that there were whispers and rumours around that he wasn't going to play until the World Championships before the winter series there were there, there, there were whispers and there were rumors obviously he, he has played but yeah he he, don't, he doesn't look gutter at, at the moment and you can obviously only put that down to he's still suffering and recovering from covid because the arm looked weak the throw looked weak and that just comes from recovering i think yeah I completely agree. The throw just didn't look right tonight. There was no energy in the man. There was no energy in the performance, and there was there was no energy in the arm. And that's what you need. You can get away with the first. So you can have a lackluster appearance on stage and whatever. But the darts just were not going in solid to the board. And I think the way he throws a dart, if you try and repeat that to get his darts to actually stick in the board at the angle and, and where you want them to, is quite a difficult thing that action is, is not easy to repeat. So when it is your action, you need to be on it. You need to be full of intensity. You need to be full of aggression. And I just, I just don't think he's got that element in a minute. I just think that suffering from or po- testing positive for COVID and then having to go through the recovery and, and the effects that it has on you, I just just don't think he's back to 100%. That's not, that's not to say he's, he's got COVID. I don't want anybody to misinterpret what we're saying, by the way. Mm. Yes. I just Definitely. don't think no. he's recovered from that. He, the illness has passed, but to get self back up to fitness, it's like recovering from a broken leg as a footballer. The one week you're not, you, you're not suddenly match fit, are you? You're not ready to play 490 after thing four want, weeks. But the big thing I want to say, by the way, credit to Jermaine, because I thought you played pretty well. And I'll be honest with you, I did not see that coming on TV from Jermaine Watamina. Appreciate because it was out of sorts. We get all that and understand that, but fair play to Jermaine. Got to say that now. Uh, right, got to move on because we've got to keep moving because there's still two more groups to talk about. There's still one more group to talk about, two more games to talk about. Um, God, we'll start with you on this one. Rob Cross uh, coming through against Justin Pike 5-1. A game, well, you know, Cross probably should win, but with the form that he's in, a big surprise. And then a really good scrap between Dave Chisholm and Luke Humphreys, who we thought might still come through, but we all thought would come through this group. It's an interesting one, this now. Cross and Chisnell meeting tomorrow. If Chizzy does beat Cross, it'll all come down to that match against Humphreys, and that'll be a good, solid scrap, Got Yeah, rule number one, never back the early kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. After what? After coupon busts straight away, thinking that Pipe was going to do the business. 
Yeah. Look, I spent 15 minutes today before this match started arguing with people as to why I'd back Justin for this match. Robbers, all right, he walked away with the individual average of the tournament at the World Cup, but I thought he was less than convincing throughout. Um, his run in the Winter Series was was not very good. He won four cool. matches all week, and the cool. best his opponent threw against him was a 90.2 average. Okay, he lost to Lisa Ashton. He lost um, to Will Borland, I think. Yes, he did, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, amongst others, and it it just wasn't good enough from Rob Cross, and I didn't see how taking the one day off and then having two days for the week, or taking the Saturday Pro Tour off, having the Sunday to recover and going for Monday, he was going to be able to suddenly find another gear. But he did it. Got uh, PB your thoughts on both of those guys? Actually, to be fair, yeah, no, look, I agree that Luke Humphreys will think it's a. Uh, Massively missed opportunity. He, he could and arguably should have won the game. But you don't take your chances, then we all know what happens. Chizzy, you can't give him a second chance, no matter how much he's playing. And and also, what about the buzz cut? He let Lisa Ashton shave his hair. <laughs> <laughs> only, to, only Chizzy. Only Dave. Um, but yeah, look. Rob's throw looked better today. There were more darts going than below. But was that because Justin mm-hmm. was so off the pace that he was allowed to play well? There was no tension in the arm and, and the release. So I'm, I'm not convinced can't... it did, you know. I, I like to think thing... that looking at the actions is my thing. And I just thought that he hit more targets that he wanted, yes. But he looked like he was fighting it a lot more. There's so many moving parts to Rob Cross's throw right now. Yeah, well, that, that, that's, just that, not that's the issue. No, 100%. That, that, that's the issue. That look, Unfortunately, the only time he's got to work on that, he's probably got two to three weeks in between the Players' Championship in the, and the Worlds. Is that enough time to correct it? I don't know. It depends. But if what he decides is wrong with it and I think that's the problem when you know something's wrong but you don't know what it is you tinker with so many different little things he's back to the darts that he won the world championship with he was throwing the new ones that had been released only earlier this year for a long period of this year he tried darts with a scallop in them what's he what we we know he's searching for something but we're going to come back to it and I know exactly what you're about to say and sorry I'm about to nick it off you but Darts players need coaches. 100%. Well, do you know 100%. What? Do you know what? It's a good way to leave uh, our chat on day one. Here's the results are very, very quickly for you. Michael Van Gerwen in group A. Michael Van Gerwen, five. Adam Hunt, nil. Gabriel Clemens, five. Joe Cullen, two. Group B saw Gary Anderson beat Adam Gorless and Simon Whitlock beat Ryan Sell both by five legs to three. Group C, Michael Smith, five. Lisa Ashton, one. Jose Lissusa, five. Christopher Tyski four. Uh, group D, Rob Cross, five. Justin Pike, one. And David Chisnell, five. Luke Humphreys, four. Group E, Dirk van Dijvenberde, five. Peter Wright, four. And Devin Peterson, five. Ian White, two. Group F, James Wade, five. Damon Hetter, two. And Jermaine Watermaine, five. Glenn Durant, one. Group G, Gerwin Price 5, Makira Suzuki 4, same scoreline between Johnny Clayton and Ryan Joyce 5, 4, 
and Group H. Nathan Aspinall, five. Wayne Warren, nil. And Dimitri Vandenberg, five. Ricky Evans, one. It all means that these are your fixtures as we head into day two. Michael Van Gerwen against Gabriel Clements and Joe Cullen against Adam Hunt in Group A. Group B, we'll see Gary Anderson take on Simon Whitlock and Ryan Searle against Adam Gavlas. Uh, group C uh, will be Michael Smith against Jose de Sousa. That could be some game. Uh, Christopher Tyrus against Lisa Ashton. Group D sees Rob Cross take on Dave Chisnell and Luke Humphreys face Justin Pipe. Group E, Dirk uh, Van Dijvenberg uh, will take on Devin Peterson and Peter Wright faces Ian White. J- James Wade and Jermaine Watamina and Glenn Durant and De- Damon Hetter are your group F fixtures. Gerwin Price against Johnny Clayton and Ryan Joyce, Makira Suzuki is the group G fixtures. And Group H will be Nathan Aspinall against Dimitri Vandenberg and Ricky Evans against Wayne Warren. One tie sticks out, please, gentlemen. One tie of your of the day uh, for me, please, as we head off into the night or into the morning now. Uh, uh, PB, we'll start with you. What's the game you're looking forward to most tomorrow? I am going to go for... Can I do one for each session? Oh, go on then. Well, I'm feeling nice. Go on. You can do that. Gary Anderson, Simon Whitlock in the afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Fair. MVG Gabriel Clements in the evening. Why? I'm surprised you've got MVG Gabriel Clements. Is it because you want to see whether the German giant can actually do it on TV? <laughs> I just want to see MVG win two in a row. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, fighting, talk. Oh, fighting talk coming out of Phil, the Phil Bass <laughs> corner here. Uh, Gob, uh, pick for you as well, please, mate. Uh, game of the afternoon, game of the evening. Or you can just pick um, one. Afternoon, afternoon, afternoon. I think Nathan Aspinall Dimmy will be very intriguing. Uh, but the one I'm going to pick is James Wade, Jermaine Watermainer. Um, just to see, I'm, in, I'm intrigued to see what Jermaine does on TV again now. Um, we keep saying he's missing that that big performance, that one to really burst through the ceiling he seems to have created for himself. And if he manages to get past James tomorrow, he's in a fantastic position to do that in this group and, and throughout the tournament. Um yeah. But the game I'm really looking forward to tomorrow is is, is quite simply Jose de Sousa and Michael Smith. Right down the so. form those two are carrying, um, it just looks superb. Smith scoring is good and his his, his finishing has been superb. Um, I think I saw Carl Fletcher's stat earlier again. A big shout out to him that the six mm. legs that de Sousa won. His finishing was sublime. He was in the two hundreds for five of those legs and finished them in six darts and, and seven darts once and a one six one in six darts the minute he got below 300 he was lethal i completely agree with you that is the correct answer for the game of the day although i am looking forward to mvg against clemens just to see how imp- that that game is big not just for mvg and for gabriel clemens as well Biggest opportunity for him to do it on TV and to secure a spot once again in the glass 16 of the slam. But Michael Smith against Jose de Sousa is the game of the day. You are correct in that thinking, Gob. I'm going to throw in in the afternoon session, we've already talked about a couple. I'm going to throw in Rob Cross against Dave Chisnell. Big game for the pair of them. Both of them really not carrying much form coming into the Winter Series, yet both winning their opening game of the Grand Slam. Who's going to qualify pretty much for the... Well, pretty much guarantee themselves a chance of qualifying for the... Uh, 
for the second round. It's a big, big moment indeed. Uh, that concludes the Boyle Sports Grand Slam of Darts Daily Day 1. I am going to go for a very much well-deserved sleep, as I'm sure my two colleagues are going to do so as well. And chat Colby Garwood, Phil Bars, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Don't forget, of course, that you can follow Day 2 with us tomorrow. Phil Bars will be back with you doing interviews with all 16, hopefully, uh, winners. Uh, like, uh, we've got 15 today. You can actually head over to our YouTube channel right now, Online Darts TV on YouTube and uh, you can watch every single interview that we've done throughout the day. Don't forget, of course, to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Online Darts on any one of those platforms and give us a follow there so you don't miss a minute. We'll be back on OnlineDarts.com as well, one o'clock in the afternoon with the live blog. It is Brad and Gob talking you through day two of the Grand Slam. And then we'll be back again here tomorrow, same time, same place. Don't miss it. Uh, on your favourite podcast provider to talk through what will be a mental day two. So day one in the books of the Boyle Sports Grand Slam of Darts, the big story, Dirk van Dijvenbode, not, uh, well, not knocking out Peter Wright, but giving him a lot of work to do to get out of his group in Group E and go in price surviving four match darts against Johnny Clayton as Dimitri Vanden against Johnny Clayton against Dimitri Suzuki. I'm thinking ahead to tomorrow as Dimitri Vandenberg hits the record average and Michael Van Gerwen is he back? Potentially. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care.